1: welcome back welcome back to 755 is real i'm david o'brien Braze writer for the athletic i'm with my co-host eric oflady former Braze reliever what's going on eric how you doing man
2: what's up dave i'm
1: all Big right news last night man in boston um i you know we've talked about vaughn grissom <laughs> michael harris and grissom are the two guys that i've talked about now now I'm, now i'm done if somebody asks me the next guy I don't have one you for don't you, have a, Yeah, <laughs> but I talked about Grissom for two years and i last night, I got to say he even surpassed my expectations. Cause I thought, you know, he's a guy that's going to come in when it's notified at 11 PM the night before that you're going to the show. You never know how that's going to go. You think I might strike out three times, but you know, it's but especially at Fenway park, I mean, packed house, but this kid comes in last night and I swear, man, it looked like they were filming a movie with this guy. That was, that was impressive. I thought.
2: Yeah. And enjoying it too. You know, not there's different ways guys react to that. And, you know, I saw his interviews and stuff before the game, he kept saying, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. He was honest. And most of the time when when you can't believe you're here, you know, that's a recipe for disaster, you know, cause you, it's such a good sign when a guy respects the level and knows how special it is, what he's getting to do. But it's also the one thing that makes you kind of, you know, overplay it in your head and and make too big a deal out of it to where you're nervous when you're playing and you make some mistakes. But, I mean, he filled the first ground ball, threw it to first and smiled. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he he channeled it all really well.
1: He was like aware of everything going on, aware everybody's watching him, aware, you know, the the significance. Didn't just uh, do it with a blank face. I thought a lot about about this kid really stood out uh, as different. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's different about this kid. He looks like a star. I mean, he's yeah. a good looking kid. He looks like he's having fun, like you said. His personality comes forth. He's not out there trying to act cool or trying to just, dis- yeah. you know, d- to act like he's above this and everything or that he's awed by it. He's just out there, you know, like this. Yeah, this is crazy. I'm here now, though. And I, I thought it could not have been better to have Michael Harris. There for him, these right. guys were drafted together, made their debuts together, played at Rome together, got promoted to Mississippi. Um, I mean, that's crazy that these two guys, third rounder and 11th rounder in the 2019 draft, are now playing as two of the three youngest players in the majors Harris, the youngest, Vaughn Grissom, the third youngest, Wanda Franco between them. Unless I'm mistaken, that's that's impressive but for the Braves. I mean, it could not be a rosier picture as far as the young talent they have. And the job that Dana Brown has done as scouting director and his his staff to pluck these two, sta- two, two guys who to me look like superstars yeah. long term for a decade, you know, pretty impressive, man, to get them in the third and eleventh round of the same draft and to both be up here, which says a That's lot it. about says a lot about the the type of personalities they are and how those guys are vetting these guys to make sure they're getting the right character guys too, because it takes more than just skill to get here
2: yeah i saw i saw an interview with dana i think it was on twitter or something but it was just how he's talking about kind of looking past the tools and all that stuff and looking at ball players and he, he was watching what i think it was riley green and yeah. vaughn was his teammate
1: right and, o- and ovito
2: and he couldn't eyes. take his eyes off of vaughn <clears throat> couldn't take his eyes off him. he kept saying this guy brings so much energy you know i like his tools i like this and He obviously wasn't that huge of a prospect if he went in the 11th round, but they saw something. And, you know, I mean, it's – for me, I thought it was cool for him because he probably was shocked he was in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're a first-rounder, it's almost like guys take it for granted and expect it, and they're told they're going to be this great thing. When you're an 11th-rounder, you got to earn it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be something to be up this quick as an 11th-rounder. So, started the year in A-ball – it probably didn't seem realistic that he was going to be in the big leagues. And when you're that low of a pick, you're kind of thinking it's more of a dream. You know, it'd be cool if everything goes right and I get there, but you're not ever expecting to be there at 21.
1: Yeah, you know it's going to take injuries for you to get there. When you got Dansby Swanson at shortstop, Ozzy Alves at second base, veteran backups, you know, Orlando Arcia, it took two injuries and him playing his ass off in double-A after getting promoted. Because yeah. he ramped it up, his stats are in Double A. They were solid at Rome, really good, but at Double A, another next level. He's one of those players who got promoted and played better. Yeah, I and mean, his slashing, his bat to ball skills are off the charts, man. That's what separates this kid from a lot of them. You know, yeah, he's not a thirty homer guy yet, but he's got the power as we saw last night. I mean, that's that's tantalizing to see that home run because that power is there. Oh, that he's got, forced. and when he's got the bat to ball skills that he has. And a 6'3 frame that you know is only good, just going to get bigger.
2: Yeah, he's it's still feel really, like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to fill out.
1: It's really, uh, you get excited thinking about the possibilities of what he could do as an all-around hitter. Because he's an all-around hitter, you know. Got good speed. Terrific bat to ball skills. Got power, obviously. I mean, he launched that ball out of Fenway Park. For your first yeah. major league hit, you ball, hit a ball over the monster and out of Fenway Park. I mean, that's the natural stuff.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you can't hit a cooler first homer than doing it at Fenway. Yeah. You know, I mean, those that's one of those stadiums that's been around forever. You know, it's for me when I was coming up, it was it was cool to play in the nice new stadiums, but the ones that really made it feel like shit, I made it was Wrigley, yeah. Fenway, these parks that I grew up playing video games on and watching games on. Um I bet that he said he didn't he couldn't even feel the thing. You know, he wasn't yeah. even there.
1: Yeah, when he hit the home run, he said, I couldn't feel anything, man. But yeah, we talked about home run derbies and when they're at some places like a Dodger Stadium this year, there's really no context for them. So you can't really tell when a, when a ball's hit 440 feet, it really doesn't impress as much. Fenway is the ultimate place with context. They've measured yep. that at 412, which I think was really conservative. Tw- that was not 412. But nevertheless, it looks so good when a ball's going over the monster, out yep. of the ballpark into the dark sky, you know? over of Mass Pike or parking lot, wherever it went. But it just adds so much to it. looks so sim- cinematic, you know, than, than rather than just landing in the 20th row of seats somewhere, you know, at a, at a generic ballpark or whatever. So that just added to it. I mean, he's just going to live. He's never going to forget that moment. It's going to follow him forever. Like Jay Hayes, you know, home yeah. runners' first plate appearances of his, of his major league debut on opening day at Turner Field. That's what it kind of reminded me of, you know, Jay Hay packed house moments after he catches the ceremonial first pitch from Hank Aaron, which at the time yeah. we thought was kind of the figurative passing of the torch from Hank Aaron to, to Jay Hay to yeah. the next, you know, black kid's going to take over and all that, you know. And for a while, it looked like that with Jay Hay. It didn't work out, but nevertheless, it was a moment that, you know, gave you chills. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure if this would have happened in, at Turner Field, I think a lot of Braves fans got chills probably watching it, you know, watching a kid do this.
2: Well, I, I was just – I mean, for me, I was just impressed, you know, again, with him saying how fake it felt to be there, you know, how he couldn't believe he was here, couldn't believe he was here. I mean, it's so it's surreal, it's a special yeah. ability to, like, separate those two things and then the game starts and actually go play baseball. as I got called up about the same age, and I couldn't believe I was there. And when they handed me the ball, I couldn't feel the ball in my hands. You know, I was shitting my Hard pants. Pitch I, if
1: you can't feel the ball, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it was like – kind of the same feeling going into the game. And then the game started and I was still like, I couldn't believe I'm here and played like it. And he played like he belonged yesterday.
1: He found out at 11 o'clock the night before, yeah. <laughs> uh, RCA gets hurt, uh, the hamstring, tore the hamstring or pulled the hamstring tough for him. Cause he's really playing well. And, uh, I mean, maybe he comes back in September. You never know with hamstrings. they could be three weeks. they could be the rest of the season. You don't know. But in the interim, I mean, if it, it, the way it works out, the plus of this is you're going to get a chance to look at this kid, but not just look at him, but it looks like he's going to be able to contribute for you. Yep. So I'm really interested to see how this series down in Miami goes. There won't be any pressure down there. It's going to be about as small a crowd as the Braves will play in front of this year, even though it's a weekend. They might have one big crowd, depending on what the promo giveaway is. And but, the
2: atmosphere is never anything like Fenway.
1: Right. And it's going to be indoors, controlled atmosphere. It's going to feel good inside, you know, with a with a field turf field, no bad hops. So he's going to, have to be able to play four games down there and hit against some pitchers that he can hit. Uh, well, not he can hit anybody, as we saw last night. But uh, – I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes for the kid. But uh wow, what a what an impressive debut. And like I said, to have Michael Harris there, his buddy. And it was funny because I, I thought it was so cool to see him post-game interview. He's out there talking to Kelly cruel and the rest of the team's, you know, in the clubhouse right at right up the little tunnel. And Michael Harris is wa- is why wa- yeah. there watching him do his interview, waiting for him. It's like he's watching his little brother or something do his interview, you know, even though Harris is actually a little younger than him. But He's when he came off, they get kind of all right, good job, man. And they're signing autographs, and you know, and the kids' parents are watching him. I mean, they imagine them, they're they're watching their son hit a home run, then he's being interviewed on post game TV.
2: His mom was going crazy when he grounded out.
3: Yeah, she was. (laughs) She was.
2: I mean, that'd be yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing was just, just something you'd just be really happy for a family to have, and they all just seemed like. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to be there that fast.
1: Right. Nobody did. Watching him play
2: out like that is is pretty special.
1: But I tell you what, with Alex Anthopoulos, man, you got to, if you're a double A stud, you got to be ready to go because he's done this again and again now. He did it with Mike Soroka when they played the Mets and they needed a starter years ago. Soroka shocked us. We're like, Mike Soroka, really? Because we knew all about him. we have written about him. But we thought, okay, he's probably a year away. You know, he's going to go all the way up through the ladder, through AAA, spend time there. Nope, they called him up because they think that gives him the best chance to win. Never mind service time starting the clock. Alex doesn't give a shit about that stuff, man. He wants to win now. Yeah. So then he calls up Michael Harris when they're they're struggling and they need a center fielder. And Harris has barely played any in double-A You know, he's played a couple, he's played a month in double a, month and a half, and they bring him up straight to the majors, thrust him into the lineup. He's played every day since then. He's been terrific. Rookie of the year, strong rookie of the year candidate. So then he does it once again. And you think, okay, one of these times he's going to call one of these guys up. It's not going to be ready yet. But so far, uh, they have a good idea, obviously, from watching them. The people are watching them every day. They know what these kids are like and more more importantly, what they're like mentally, whether they can handle it.
2: Yeah, that's a that's the kicker.
1: Maturity. Intelligence, think, maturity, everything.
2: I think another thing that helps is, you know, like when you when I was coming up, you're in double A, there there's one guy throwing 97. Yeah. The way the games changed, these guys aren't gonna face, you know, stuff they haven't seen yet. Maybe it's a little better, but it's more about, you know, the guys can make pitches, they can pitch better, but they can still handle the stuff when they get called up to the big leagues. They're not they're not gonna be overwhelmed by seeing right. 98 for the first time. Um and I think another thing that helps is obviously what we talked about is it's a comfortable atmosphere to get called up to the big leagues. When I was a 21-year-old yep, kid and got called up, these guys felt like like men, you know what I mean? They felt yep. everybody was in their 30s and you're 21
1: and they made you feel like that.
2: I just felt like a little boy out there and you feel out of place and yep. and the way they act too, you know, it's kind of just grumpy and and just grizzled vets walking yeah. around. You're like, I'm, I'm nothing like these guys. Yeah, yeah. You got Michael Harris right there with him. Yeah, you know. And you got um,
1: Spencer Strider. I mean, you got guys yeah. he was he was in he was in minor league spring training with you know a year ago. You know, they got a lot of guys here, so it feels that part of it must ground him some to to not feel so out of place. This guy. Yeah, well, but, I played with him, and I played with him, and I played with him. Michael Harris was with me, drafted with me, and they come up. So it must be a. Take out that whole sense of awe. Even though you're in awe of the surroundings, you look over and there's Michael Harris. You're like, so, exactly. okay. Well, he look at what he's done. He's a stud. Yeah, so, and it's not
2: it's not Chipper Jones telling you it's the same game,
1: right? Yeah, you know it's right.
2: Like, Chipper <laughs> and, says you're like you, you're Chipper Jones. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's the same game for you because you're a Hall of Famer. But when it's an actual peer, you know, 21, yeah. 22 years old, close to your age, saying, "Hey," and you saw this guy in double a this year and he's saying, Hey man, it's the same game. Just play your same game. It's, there's something about it. That's just more believable when it's a guy that you feel like is just like you second that versus one of the greatest hitters ever, or a guy that's been there for, you know, seven, eight years in the big leagues.
1: Yeah. When you're looking at Michael Harris, you go, okay, he's younger than me. We came up together and played together in rookie ball and a ball Mm -hmm. and, and he's right now a stud for these guys, you know? So yeah, to have those guys batting eighth and ninth down there, you look at the future for the Braves. There's two 21 year olds, man, 21, and they look ready. And the and how about the speed you add too? This is a guy yeah. who stole 27 stolen bases in the already this year in the minors. Steals a base last night, by the way. For, uh, first Braves youngest uh, brave youngest player to hit a home run and steal a base in his debut. First brave to do it, at least in the modern era since 1901. That's crazy. Home run yeah. and a stolen base. Yeah, to have the to have the balls to steal a base too, to be that comfortable that that <laughs> tells me something. You know, whole lot easier just to go. I'll wait and let that do that later. I don't want to get thrown out right away. I, but he's, got, he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's into the game. I mean, he's going. I can do. that. I can steal on this guy. You know, he's thinking the game, yeah. not just all.
2: Uh, and the bat flip too. You know, oh man, I a mean, bat
1: flip! What well, that was a <laughs> and that was a bigly bat flip too. I didn't think it was uh, too much. I thought it was no. just really cool.
2: Well, I hit it. I mean, he hit the shit out of it. And yeah. I just I think back to you know going you back to that point of of the comfort level is you know if Adam Jones got called up the same year I did and we were both twenty one, I mean, he might have been twenty. But if Jonesy would have done that bat flip, he might have yep. been on the bus back to uh, Tacoma. Yep. Different guy. Yeah. I mean that and there's something about being comfortable. You know, and you never want to be too comfortable and take things for granted, but feeling like you belong. Yeah. That's when you get guys to play their best. And, and, and yeah. you know, that's that's the major change that's happened in the game. When that ground ball's coming to you and you're feeling like, oh, my God, these guys are going to rip me if I miss it, versus, yeah. hey, it's just a game, just throw it to first. You know, there's a big difference in the game in that now, and I think it's played off for a lot of teams that are calling young guys up.
1: And the bat flip, you're you're not thinking, oh, shit, i got to just put my head down and run. You're like, you're thinking – I flip all the time in the minors when I went, hit went yeah. that far. Why not do it here? And he just well, let does. me soak it's, it in. <laughs> it's just natural. Yeah, It was just such a natural reaction. I just thought he looked so comfortable out there, man. He might have said he was in awe and couldn't believe it, but he looked totally comfortable to me from, from before the first pitch when I showed him in the infield. And, yeah. he, and Dan's being those guys made him feel comfortable too, you know, all of them. I saw him. Afterwards, I thought it was pretty cool getting Dansby, gave him a hug, you know, when it came up and everything. So this is a night he'll never forget, obviously. But I think uh, more importantly, I think it's going to allow him to really thrive right away rather than try to get his feet under him, take forever to get comfortable. And like you said, the clubhouse is so important that they've embraced these guys and make them feel comfortable from the time they get there. Like, we just want you to do your best, man. Never mind all the hazing bullshit. They don't do that anymore. Just, you know, they gave the silent treatment briefly after his home run, but it was great. He knew it was coming. He's like, I hope they don't wait too long because I'm jacked up, man. And then they (laughs) did. That's funny. So uh, that was impressive. Eric,
0: let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover,
1: And what this means, I don't know what this means because this next month, it's, in two months is going to be really interesting to see. I mean, Ozzy could be back in the middle of September. It's one game; you don't want to get too carried away because this kid could easily go, you know, two for twenty with you know five punches in the next next couple of days, next four days. But uh, I, I'd be surprised because I just thought he looked really good, and the bat-to-ball skills is what separates him to me. He's not going to have a ton of strikeouts, but it's gonna be interesting to see what they do when Ozzy comes back. Ozzy obviously moves back into the lineup at <coughs> second base. This does allow you not to rush Ozzy at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it was gonna be early September at the earliest, now you can say mid September when he's ready, when he's completely ready. Just enough time to get ready for the postseason. But this kid gives you a great backup at either of those spots when he does return. Um uh, you know, long-term, obviously, the big gorilla in the room. Yeah. Was, what does this do? And, and again, you don't want to get carried away with one game. But I went from, you know, and I've said, we've talked about this. I thought Von Grissom's a superstar in the future. But I just thought it was going to be a year from now probably. Yeah. And I thought they might, if they don't sign Dansby, I thought they might have to go out and get a bridge like a Josh Donaldson was at third base. Um. I don't know now. I mean, just from my first glimpse of this guy, if if you don't think you if you can't sign Dansby he's going to give you food for thought you might not have to go out and sign a guy because if he's going to be ready obviously you're not going to go out and sign a guy for two or three years if this kid's going to be ready and well, he's going to have a month to show it
2: what better way to find out than actually playing him in the big leagues you know i mean it's i got to give i got to give Dansby credit for for being supportive of him cuz yeah. you know you're looking at it like yeah this might be my replacement, you're knocking him from second base.
1: Here's this good looking kid coming up, man. He's showing he's homering his first game and giving them reason to think, okay, well, maybe this is leverage in the Dansby discussions. It's just like, I don't know, man. I mean, he played second base last night. He's only played seven games this year, at second base, but he's played about 20 in the past too. Um, He looked totally normal to me at second base. He was good. He handled everything. He had a bobble, but he was quick, you know, to get to the first and, but everybody should remember he's a he's a natural shortstop. That's his position. He's yeah. six foot three. So I know somebody a couple of people on Twitter asked me, okay, so if you don't sign Dansby, they're they're getting ahead of themselves. If you don't sign Dansby, do you move Ozzy to short and move this guy and have this kid play second? I'm like, well, why would you have he's the six yeah, the six foot three guy play second base, move five foot eight uh Ozzy to shortstop? This kid's got a good arm. No, you're gonna leave Ozzie at second base and this kid's playing shortstop. Let's not overcomplicate it. But um I don't know, man. The only solution is—is is you're going to have to do the Chipper Jones thing if you don't. Yeah. If you do sign Dansby long term, because now now third base is not—that was the other option to move him to third base. Well, obviously third base is, is locked up for the next decade, and the Braves yeah. are very glad that it is. So he's either shortstop or you put him in the outfield because Ozzy's also also signed locked up for the next half decade at uh, second base.
2: Yeah. And yeah, his kid's too I mean, good. Dansby's not the only to guy not locked up in that infield,
1: right? So, I mean, obviously, Dansby is is probably not going to. I'm just. I don't think. I don't see Dansby taking the severely team friendly deal that some of these other guys have taken.
2: It wouldn't be at this point. He's already been offered at this that. point.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We've talked about this ad nauseum. The reasons why he wouldn't. You know. I mean, the reasons why he probably shouldn't. He's the one that took the risk. You know. Yeah. They're not. They're not signing him long term. They're signing him off. The best season he's had. He gambled on himself, in effect, and it's paying off. So he's going to have to make more money than Austin Riley, probably. You know, Mm -hmm. to stay here. And I don't know that they're going to do that, especially if they got Vaughn Grissom. If they got their best prospect in the organization is a shortstop. You hate thinking even about this team moving forward without Dans because he's such an integral part of their World Series championship and everything else they do on a day to day basis. But sometimes you got to turn the page, man. You can't keep everybody and you got a stud at well, if that you keep turning
2: guys like this out somehow from the minor leagues yeah. in the 11th round. Like,
1: well, and, and what it could do obviously is if you think Von Grissom could be ready next year, think about the avenues that opens up on what you could do with that money. Yeah. Max freed all of a sudden, you know, long-term you could go out and get a veteran guy. Cause Charlie's going to be gone. Probably he's making 20 million this year. You could yep. get a guy, You know, catcher Darno's going to be gone after this year unless you sign him to another. Oh, he signed a two-year deal, but but he's you know beyond that, you got some money that you're going to otherwise be tied up with twenty to twenty-five million a year for Dansby that you can apply elsewhere if that's the case. And I'm not running Dansby out of town. I love the guy, but I'm just saying this kid is Vaughn Grissom is special, and the reality is he's got to play somewhere, and it looks like he's going to be ready. Not going to wait a year or two, but it's early. It's one game. But he looked the,
2: good. The key is you get to find out right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, playing I every mean, day. If,
2: if he shits the bed, then you're like, okay, he might need some more time. But if he goes off, you know, in this situation in a in a playoff chase, yes. I mean,
1: gets good teams, 21 bigs, packed houses, Braves draw everywhere. They're gonna be sold-out crowds at home. They got the Mets coming up after the Marlins. That let's see what he does in that Mets series against terrific pitching. That's yeah. gonna be really interesting. The next week's gonna be really interesting. Marlins well, I mean, if he struggles Mets, against
2: Scherzer and Degrom, he's a big leaguer. <laughs> like,
1: right, but what if he doesn't? What if he gets a yeah. hit off those guys? Then you're like, yeah. holy shit, he's ready now. <laughs> yeah, but yep. yeah, it's got. I mean, the timing of it could not be more fortuitous for the Braves. You hate losing RC into an injury. That's something you could never predict, obviously. But you make the best of a worse situation. Is that's the positive, obviously, is you're going to get a chance to see this kid that you would not have otherwise have gotten a chance to see. You weren't going to call him up to be on the bench after the minor league season was over, you know, and start his clock, not to be on the bench.
2: You know how much teams would pay for that answer? You know, yeah. when you're trying to make a decision on a free agent and you don't have space to get an answer on this player, you're going to be banking yeah. on. I mean, this is the most valuable information you can get if you're the Braves: timing. is whether this guy, cause that's the whole hurdle. Yeah. It's not, I mean, how many prospects you see that, Oh, they're the future. They're the future. And then, Three years later, they got traded to the Brewers. Pache. You know what I mean? And yeah, and yeah. you can't get more valuable information than how a guy's actually going to play at the big league level, and the opportunity has to present itself, and then you got to have the balls to call him up from Double A.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just as I guess as uh, uh, just keeping keep in mind how good Pache looked in that NLCS against the Dodgers. Yeah, we thought he was true. ready. We thought he was ready. He looked great. He had good at-bats, even though he didn't have a bunch of hits. He had good at-bats, professional at-bats. We thought, okay, this kid's ready. We we're wrong. But mm-hmm. I do. I, I think this kid's at a different level as far as all-around player. Pache, we knew the defense was going to be great. Never expected him to be a great hitter, but he showed – he looked like in the LCS he was ready. Well, he wasn't. This kid – and I've said this from day one since you I have. saw him at spring training. I, think I get this sick of hearing finish. his name
2: until I saw him play.
1: Right. And then you <laughs> see I'm him on play, the and waiting. you're like, okay, now I see it. Yeah, Just everything about it. Boy, he carries himself, the athleticism, you know. He's got, as Leland would say, and a lot of old scouts would say, he's got a good face, you know. Yep. Certain guys just look – you could tell a lot about him. I know it's old school and you don't – and people are totally dismissive of that. No. But certain guys that do have those faces and that air about them, you know. and they're, no, I,
2: When I saw him, I hadn't even seen a picture of him until he was getting caught and I saw him, I was like, okay. Dude, the, stud.
1: That picture they had, that picture that the Braves released yesterday when he had the battle. Didn't he look like David Justice? Yep. God, he looked like David Justice. Not so mm-hmm. much live, you know, but that picture, he looked like David Justice. And dimples yep. like Justice. But- yeah, I'm, I'm big on this kid, and uh, but it's funny because people that ask, you know, now they're going to ask, okay, who's the next guy we got? I, I don't know. <laughs> those were the yeah. two. I had uh, those were the <laughs> two. I had Harris and I had Grissom. After that, I don't see any guys in the system that are sure things like that.
2: Yeah, well, you hit on those two, and I thought I mean, Langoliers. I, 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 I feel thought, the same way about him.
1: I thought Langoliers was pretty much a sure thing too because of the defense. But Harris and Grissom were the two, and now until I see somebody, I don't. There's nobody that I've seen that's like that. But, man, if you hit on two like the Braves have, that's more than lowest organizations hit on in a decade,
2: you know? At at that level of player. You know, you get some prospects that come up, but possible superstars, especially especially when you didn't, you know, use a top ten pick to get these guys.
1: Third and 11th rounders at up the middle premier positions. Yeah, that's the scouting. Center field and second shortstop, man. Woo, that's great scouting. It is great scouting for sure. So the Braves farm system, you know, you see them ranked in the bottom ten and all that. It's like, okay, well, that's because everybody that would put them at the top is playing on the major league team. Yep. <laughs> Strider, Harris, now Grissom. I mean, that's a lot of guys that if you put them all and, and Kyle Wright, if you put them all down in the minor leagues, you got a healthy minor league system. So yeah, yeah I mean, they,
2: you got plenty of guys on your big league roster that are prospect age still.
1: Yes, prospect age, man. You know,
2: nice
1: under twenty four. So that was a, that was a, that was a. uh that was a fun game to watch, man. To see this kid play, I'm looking forward to seeing him play some more. And and the other thing I thought was really big last night, and it's going to get it got completely overshadowed. Obviously, was Yates's debut. Yeah, what he could mean for this team right now, because again, he comes along at a great time. Because there's some guys that are sputtering a little bit. They're on fumes yep. in that bullpen. Dylan Lee being one of them. Mentor went through his rough patch. I think Dylan Lee's going through one now.
2: Yeah, he looked good the night before. I mean, yeah. I I, I honestly, I got to say, I haven't given him enough credit. And, and it's kind of the typical thing that I should be above is he doesn't have the stuff that right. blows your doors off, right. but he's got balls. He's got yeah. a tight slider. His fastball has life to it. He's yeah. pitched his ass off. You know, it's there's been a lot of times where I just happen to not be watching the one inning he throws. Yeah. But I've watched him a couple of times lately and been like, you know, I, sh- I should be giving this guy more credit because he comes in and makes pitch after pitch. And you know, sometimes it's after a, you're in big situations day after day. You kinda of get a little gassed and the team like Boston, you know, some vets on there, they're gonna make some adjustments and you might give it up. But he's got some really good stuff and he's pitched his ass off this year.
1: I know what you mean though. He doesn't have the one pitch that makes he doesn't throw ninety eight, you know, he doesn't have the one trick pitch or, you know, the devastating slider, but he's got a bunch of good pitches and, and he balls. Battles. Yeah. And he's a big dude too. He's got a presence on the mound. Yep. But but there's nothing about him that really you know, and the way he carries himself too, he's just,
2: you know, I was no the same way when no I was behind expression. Johnny and Craig, people are always asking me, "Did you ever make an all-star team? Did I'm like, fuck no. We had Johnny throwing 98 mile an hour sinkers <laughs> and Craig yeah. striking out 18 per nine. Yeah. I mean, I did my job, but nobody gave a shit. You know I mean? It's, you had to be a fan to know who I was. Yeah. And I was having good seasons, but th- I think Dylan's kind of the same way where it's his fastball plays up, his slider super tight he makes pitches. He comes in in big situations. He's not phased. He's been a yeah. big part of the team.
1: They've rode him hard. They've gotten spurts from a, from several different guys. Jackson Stevens was the guy early on, yep. surpassed all expectations and filled in when they've you know, been without. We talked about they were up without mentor for a month and a half, whatever it was. They lost Luke before the season even started. I mean, you had a bunch of your key guys from last year's pen who were not even the from the from the uh, night shift weren't even part of this thing. Will Smith yeah. was down in a setup role, eventually traded. So there's three of the four key guys from last year, Mentor being the only one that wasn't. So, you know, and he's been terrific this year, and he just went through his rough patch because he was leading the majors in in yeah. appearances. But to add a guy like Yates, people forget Yates was a major league leader in assists in 2019. Had like a hundred. 100- and say, yeah, yeah. say, did I say assist? Say, save. yeah. forty-one saves in forty-four chances in twenty-nineteen. Yeah. Had like a hundred and I have to look this up, but a hundred and something strikeouts, thirteen walks, and sixty innings. Now I know I don't think he's that type of guy anymore, the big strikeout guy, but he's a damn good reliever, and he got phased. And he's had sixteen months from TJ too. Yeah. So now after a few appearances, I think. I'll wait and, and 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 reserve judgment, but he came in last night against Bogarts in a big situation after Lee gave up that three run bomb that gets the Red Sox within a run. Place is going nuts, and he induces the little pop up from Bogarts. So that was a big out, big out in that in, in that game.
2: Yeah, there, there's a lot of value in having guys that have pitched those big situations and and been in bigger situations than he's going to pitch in. Yeah. You know, Kenley's going to close. Rysell's pro- and and AJ are probably going to be Rysell. throwing that that eighth inning stuff. You know.
1: Yeah.
2: You look at the the bullpen, man, you got five guys that could be closers on certain teams.
1: That were closers, yeah. I think yeah. that's big because they they're going back to what they did have before when Luke had closed, Will Smith yep. had closed, um, Matzik had closer stuff. Now you've got a guy, you've got three guys who have been all star caliber closers in Kenley, Ricell. Now you bring you bring him back. Uh, this is a, Kirby is, a, you know, Kirby was a stud man with yeah. the Padres and you got mentor who's pitched like an yeah. all-star. So and if you get Matzik right, yeah, he goes
2: down a little bit, but he could close. I mean, you, you're looking at five, six guys deep down there that can throw huge innings for you because Dylan Lee, man, I mean, he pitches like a closer, Yeah, no matter what the situation is, he makes pitches, you know, like I mean, no, he had a bad game pin. the other day, but.
1: Three guys who've been all-star caliber closers, though, now are down there doing the setup work and, and closing. Yep. So, yeah, and it's like if you, used to, if you use uh, Kenley, if you go on a little run again, remember when they won 14 straight, that's going to be really handy having uh, Rysel and also having Kirby now yep. that, you know, you don't have to use Kenley more than two in a row or you don't have to use him four out of five, that kind of thing. So, Or even if it's a run of five straight, you know, you got great options now. Yates led the majors, 41 saves and 44 chances in 2019. 101 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 60 and two-thirds innings that year.
2: It's a good season.
1: Yeah, pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Really low ERA. So that's thought that was pretty big. Dylan Lee gives up the three-run bomb to Tommy Pham last night, gets him within 5-4. Yates comes in, big situation, got the pop-up. So that was a good sign. His first big league game in 16 months. So- and that's how you
2: win in the postseason. You know, I mean, you you see these teams with the lights out bullpens. The games are going to be close, and you guys got to be able to handle pressure when you have that deep pen. Yeah, and you can handle yeah. going into got the tenth inning. You can handle going in the eleventh, and you still have a couple guys you can call on down there. You know, you're not calling that That's, sixth inning rookie up. You know, you got Yates still sitting on the bench in the tenth.
1: The last year, the bullpen, the bullpen plus Freed plus Charlie I thought were the biggest strengths of this yep. team down the stretch and they would have never won. They would have never even go on a pennant without these guys, the bullpen yep. and those two starters carried this team down the stretch, you know, and then obviously the, there was a lot of guys that were hitting well, but it was the pitching more than anything last year. I thought so having that bullpen is going to be huge down the stretch because it was starting to splutter a little bit. They got some yep. reinforcements at the right time. And and Alex made some good moves going out and getting Rysell and,
2: yeah, and if they had these guys all year, you know, mentor probably doesn't go through his phase because he doesn't have to throw as much, Right. but there was just a period where they were a little thin and he was throwing the ball the best and they, they had to use him the way they did.
1: And I got to, and I got to tip the cap to him for the patience they showed with Yates because they had a plan the whole time and they yep. have never moved that plan up and gone. We need Yates sooner than, you know, because they said all along it was going to be August before they bring him back after the all-star break. And they never said, okay, let's get him back, you know, before the break, it will still be 13 months. It'll be fine. They stuck with their plan because they signed him to a two-year deal, yeah. with next year being backloaded. Next year, because they're planning counting on him big next year, so they didn't want to brush him this year, have him have any setbacks at all. So that was good. Now they've got this guy and he's ready to pitch, and they don't have to worry about him. Other big thing last night uh, and sight for sore eyes: Marcelo Zuna hits a big three-run homer. Missile. Scoreless game till the fourth, and he hits his homer off Pavetta. Can't be overstated how big it could be to get him going because he's sucked this year, man. He's been pretty, <laughs> he's been bad. Yep. He's got—I know—he's got 20 bombs, and that's great. But for the most part, you know, you're talking about an OPS in the 600s. His batting average was down to like 215 before that last night. But he had a sack fly and a big bomb last night, and that was a that was a huge sign for because we've seen what he can do when he gets hot. Oh, he, he's, uh, it's just a matter a of getting
2: him hot, you know. Yeah. It's that's. I've seen a lot of people questioning why he's still in the lineup, why he's still in the lineup, but it's like the risk-reward with him. Yeah. If you can get him into that hot
1: mode. Yeah, you're not going to lose him. You're not going to stick him on the bench and lose him because you're paying him the money. He's not going to go anywhere. And when he gets hot, he can really be a huge part of your offense. So you got to just, you know, Snit's great about being patient with these guys and gritting his teeth and letting them struggle, you know, and you hope other guys can carry the offense while they struggle. But uh, for everybody that just wanted to put junk and put him at the end of the bench, well, then you've lost him for good. Then he's yeah. not going to do anything for you. Well, him. he's not getting out of
2: it no. like that. You know, getting one at bat every
1: three games, it's not going to do anything for him.
2: No, so. it's the only way you find out if the stuff you're working on is working is getting four at bats. You don't, you don't figure it out getting a pinch hit at bat off a reliever throwing 99 with a 92-mile-an-hour yeah. slider. It's like anybody can fail there. You let him get those at bats where maybe he runs into a reliever that's, you know... The, uh, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy in the pen, and he can he can do some damage off him, and then you see your swing adjustment worked. But, yeah, if they just stash him on the bench, I don't see him getting out of it.
1: And we've seen, I mean, this guy's not all of a sudden 38 years old. I mean, he's still in the peak of his career. He's got
2: bad speed still.
1: All the stuff is there, and it, it shouldn't surprise anybody if he goes on a tear between now and the end of the season, and then you're going to forget that he's stunk, for the most part, for four months, because now is when it counts. And if he can get hot and help these guys get in the postseason and then do it in the postseason, look at Eddie Rosario last year. Look what he did down the stretch. It didn't matter what what his season numbers were. That was irrelevant. He was a hero for these guys. And Ozuna can certainly have a huge series or a huge month. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up
3: the show. The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: They really need Acuna to get hot, too, and he's starting to. Yeah,
1: and I thought, yeah, Acuna, that was the other thing. Acuna has really on this, on this trip, I thought he had some good games in New York, really looked engaged. Yeah. And I thought that stolen base was terrific. I mean, not stolen base, that uh, the slide at home. That, that oh, yeah. was really impressive to me. That's a fully engaged Acuna. He's into the game. He's hustling. He's playing hard. And he was excited after it happened. And Michael Harris, with the teamwork on that, to to have him slide outside the catcher, because he could have never known that ball, where it was coming exactly, without Harris going. And he yep. slid. Beautiful slide. So athletic, Perfect. man. You saw Acuna. That was, a, that was one of the best slides you'll see outside Trey Turner.
2: <laughs> you, you know what? Yeah. Well, his is just smooth. <laughs>
1: Love. I've I, watched that guy slide all day.
2: Me too. I, dude, the thing that caught my eye was that that at-bat that uh, Cunha had against Pavetta where he took the single to right.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, he He's had, he some had singles that, lately.
2: He had that first at-bat, and he fell down on the swing, but I don't think he fell down because he was swinging too hard. I think that back knee was just – I don't know if it's 100% stable yet. I think he's still battling it, but he swung, and – You know, it it wasn't stable on him. He went down to not put the pressure on it. But it looked like he swung out of his ass because he fell down. And Pavetta threw that next ball over his head. And it pissed him off. And instead of getting pissed off and swinging for the fences next at bat, he went up there like, you're not getting me out doing that shit to me. And I think I saw – it was like ball one or ball two, and he's doing kind of like the Soto thing, staring out at the mound.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I did see that. that. I saw I, I thought the same thing. I thought Soto the way he did that when he stared.
2: Yep. Same and thing. The thing that caught my yeah. eye on that was he didn't need to take that guy deep, but he was not going to let him get him out. Yeah. And he hunted a pitch, got a pitch down and away, took his single to right, bat flipped and fist pumped. I want him playing like that. I want him yeah. playing pissed off, but yeah. pissed off and focused, you know, with – You don't see him bat flipping too much on a single when the runner just goes to second. You know, it's normally he's going to show emotion when he gets a big home run or something. But to be like, I'm not letting that pitcher that just threw one at my head beat me and lock in like that and have a have a point to prove. That's what caught my eye with him yesterday.
1: It sounds ridiculous that we would ever even like uh, uh, kind of forget how good Acuna is. But when so much else is going on, you got a kid making his debut and Harris is getting off. You got two 21-year-olds. They're like three years younger than Ronnie. When they're getting off, I think this could be good for Acuna because he's still coming back from the knee thing. I think seeing all these guys around him, these yeah. young kids, really having fun and raking could be just a – not that he needs motivation because he doesn't, but coming back from the knee, not being fully confident. He, he told us. you know, He conceded that he's not all, all, always confident in the knee. It doesn't always feel right but it's healthy. They don't have to worry about the knee collapsing or whatever. It just doesn't feel normal yet. Cause he's coming back from major surgery. Yeah. So this could be, uh, having another guy, having him and Harris, these two guys having fun playing, getting off could be something that, and, and I also don't want to say light a fire in a ring Cause that seems derogatory or disrespectful. I'm just saying it could be what could be something good for, for Acuna to not have all the focus on him, everything riding on him. Just go out and do your thing. Cause he's, Let's not forget he's the best player on the field. Yeah. When he's on, he is the best player on the field in like almost any game, unless there's a game against two or three other guys, he's clearly the best player on the field. Like last yeah. night, he's the most talented player on the field. It might not have looked like it, but he is. So let's not forget if he gets hot and doesn't a an month down the stretch, it could be night and day difference for this offense, man.
2: Well, it's, it's probably been a bit of an adjustment for him to not be the center of attention. Yeah, and I think he does. You know, I think he does thrive in being the center of attention. Yeah, I think, I think he, he does. He loves too. it. You know, he loves leading off. He loves being hitting that leadoff homer. Um, and I'm sure it's been all these other guys getting this attention. You know, especially Michael Harris coming up and, hitting and everybody in front of him.
3: Front the game, him.
2: everybody wants to see what he's going to do. It's probably been an adjustment, and I think the tendency for a guy like him is initially going to be to try to take that spotlight back and do too much. That's why I was so impressed that yesterday, you know, he didn't have to hit a home run. He just wanted to beat that pitcher. It yep. wasn't about, you know, putting on a show. It was, I'm not letting this pitcher beat me after throwing one over my head. And it was me versus him. You know, it was, it was he was in that moment. And I, I think for, for me, if, if he can get to the point where he's just competing and, not distracted by all that because he's, like you said, he's the best player on the field. And once he starts going off, it's it's spotlight's going to be right back on him, but he's probably going through the first really tough phase of his career where he's not hitting right now. Yeah. And you know, it's just your tendency is just to try to get it all back in one swing. And if he can yeah, just play his game.
1: And let's not forget that we had, you know, last year he gets hurt. They win a world series. Okay. Yes. Freddie is the center of attention. This year, who's the MVP candidate this year? Austin Riley. Yep. He's having the season that everybody thought Acuna could have when healthy, you know, Austin Riley's in the middle of the MVP discussion, not Acuna. Nobody's talking about Acuna being MVP. Now you got two young kids coming up who are what Acuna was when he came up, you know, yep. the phenoms. So there's a whole lot of stuff going around the team. That's not centered on Acuna. Yep. And this could be, you know, it could be good for him as he's getting used to that knee and getting comfortable again. But, uh, I, I am the last person that's going to write off Acuna and say it's just a bad season because, I mean, the knee's stable. It's just not mentally, he's not there yet and probably doesn't feel normal still. I mean, I haven't come I've back I've seen him favorite a
2: few times. There's been some times where he's chasing down a ball and has to kind of slam on the brakes. And yeah. You can see that right leg a little stiffer than the left, you know, like he's kind of guarding it and –
1: And everybody that comes back from ACL says that first year back, even though, you know, there's been a couple of exceptions where guys have had unbelievable years in other sports, but for the most part, you know, running backs come back from it. Players come back from it. They feel it. You know, it's not a normal year that you're having when you come back. So next year will be the year. I think that he gets back to being normal every day, but, um, if they could have him get hot down the stretch, we'll be reminded of what he can do. And, uh, that could be something to see. I mean, because the offense, obviously, when he's not doing his thing in the leadoff spot, it's a different offense. I mean, yeah. he's, he's still the, the straw that stirs the drink, you know? Yep. As great as Austin Riley is, and he's had an MVP year. Acuna's a different dynamic when he's going, man. He's I mean, like every time he gets in the box, you have to watch. He hasn't had that feel this year, but it nope. could. It's still time. So, slightly, quietly waiting in the weeds, the most talented player in the league probably. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, he'll be. When he gets hot, it's going to be a thing to see. And if if he gets hot before, you know, by September, or I mean, yeah. getting hot now, but if you roll into the playoffs with him hot,
1: yeah, the rest won't matter what he did nope. for the first. Forget half of all the season, about it, and that, yep.
2: that's something for him to remember too. Is people forget your struggles so yeah. fast,
1: just people. like they forget what you did in the first half last year before you got hurt, because everybody yeah. thinks about the yeah. Braves won a World Series. Never mind, Acuna had MVP numbers when he got hurt last year. Yeah. He was phenomenal.
2: Yeah.
1: Kyle Wright, that was a big thing last night, too, coming back from that Mets start. Yeah. That bad Mets start. I thought that was a really good bounce back last night.
2: Yeah, he looked good. Kyle, I mean, he's – I don't worry about him anymore.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool that you don't have to worry about him anymore, Uh, that he can have a bad start and it's not like, oh, here we go again. It doesn't have that feel at all. It's just, not. it's a bad start.
2: Yeah, it happens from a
1: really good pitcher,
2: and that's that's just the you know the corner he's turned is yeah he's not he's not living start to start anymore. He knows he's a big leaguer now, and he's had enough success this year to put all that crap behind him. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Boston's not the the hottest team in the league, but it's still tough to go into Fenway, and I wasn't oh, yeah, worried absolutely.
1: at all. They still got some really good hitters, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Devers, they, they got some hitters that are great. Yep. So, yeah, I know nobody cares about wins anymore, but he's leading the league in wins, man. 14 wins.
2: Yeah, without a lot of run support.
1: He could get 17, 18 wins easy. So, anyway, all right, well, now we got something else to watch with Vaughn Grissom. Big series in Miami as far as him and some other things that are happening. The Braves need, you know, if they get into Miami and win, three out of four, you could salvage a pretty good trip still. As bad as it started. Because it was bad.
3: Yeah. yeah,
2: and they got it because the Phillies are starting to get hot. Uh, the
1: Phillies are, man, they are not messing around. They're right on your tail.
2: They're, they're playing the way, you know, they expected with that lineup yep. to play.
1: Made some good moves. Yeah, the Phillies, are they're definitely not going away. So.
2: I don't know what Harper's uh, timetable is, but they're doing this without him.
1: Yeah, he could come back in September for sure. All right. 755 is real. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk again.